All right, everybody, take your seats. We're going to be starting the Change Academy podcast in just a second. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Change Academy podcast, a show about the art and science of behavior change. I'm Monica Reinagle. I'm here with Brock Armstrong. Hello. And Brock and I bring our expertise in nutrition, fitness, cognitive behavior theory, and decades of experience coaching our clients and working on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we would like to invite you to join us. We'd love to help you become more of the person that you want to be in this world. So let's get started. All right, let's get started. So this week, we are going to look at our beliefs. <laughs> I say that in a mighty voice because, man, that can that can mean a lot of things, but we'll narrow it down for you. But we're going to look at our beliefs and how they, well, they really deeply affect both the choices that we make in our lives and how we react to situations that we're presented with or that we present ourselves with, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. Now, here's a bit of a spoiler before we get started. The spoiler is that we may need to re-examine our beliefs at different times during our lives and just make sure that they still serve us well. Sometimes the things change and we're not really aligned with our beliefs anymore, but we'll get more into that after we do our little voyage into things that we are working on personally. Yeah, what are you working on this week, Brock? Well, I like to think of it as I'm getting back to basics. And this is like, across the board. It started with actually um, some fitness and movement related stuff. Uh, a few weeks ago, if anybody out there follows my YouTube channel, I actually did a little video of uh, just doing a really basic exercise for wrist mobility and forearm strength. So it's really easy. Just grab a hammer, you put it in your hand and you move your wrist through certain movements and stuff. And the great thing about using a hammer for that is you can see the handle of the hammer actually gives you an indication of like if it's swinging wildly all over the place and you don't mean it to be, well, then you've got some some work to do and you know where your deficiencies are. And then I did another video that was balance. So just basically standing on one foot, starting off by just moving your arm and then starting to dip a little bit more and then eventually moving all the way down to touching your toe and coming back up, which is a little more advanced. But the reason that I think of that as being back to basics is I've been in this exercise and movement world for my entire life, basically, like since I was a kid, I've been involved in that kind of stuff. And I'm absolutely capable of doing some really great big deal stuff. But without those basics, you can really start to, I don't know, warp the way you're doing it. You're not, the form can get a little wonky, start muscling your way through things instead of executing them properly. And occasionally just bringing it back to basics and just doing things like, how is my wrist actually moving? How is my balance actually performing? And then that can move into other aspects of life too, where I start to look at, I had a bit of a, an anxiety attack the other day. And I thought I had put anxiety mostly behind me back in maybe 2005 after some really deep cognitive behavior therapy. But it does crop up every once in a while. And I started thinking, okay, what were the tools I learned back in like 2003 that helped me get to the point where I put that sort of in my rear view mirror? And so the other day I returned to one of the most basic relaxation activities that you can do where you just basically lay down, focus on different parts of your body, tense them and relax them. And you basically like move through your whole body tensing and relaxing muscles like one by one. 
And, you know, it just felt so good to just get back to that basic stuff instead of the more advanced sort of techniques of incorporating breathing and visualization and <laughs> all that uh, really important and helpful stuff, but getting back to a real basic sort of attention to the body and, and stuff really was uh, was meaningful. So I want to share with everybody that every once in a while getting really basic and just <laughs> thinking about how you're moving your hand, how you're focusing on on different changes in your life doesn't have to be big and grandiose. Sometimes getting down to those little little nitty gritty kind of things can be really meaningful and really grounding. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Sometimes taking something to the next level actually just involves returning back to the beginning again and looking at that through that lens of greater expertise or a more advanced level. As I've been doing yoga longer, I know sometimes I really enjoy going back to take a beginner class where they're really just talking about the basics of the most basic postures. And it can be so illuminating if you've been working on more advanced postures to go back and just remember like, yeah, what are the, what is the foundation of a mountain pose mm. of a downward dog? Um, and then you can take that back forward into your more advanced work, or you can just hang out with the basics for a while. As a singer, you probably realize the value too of just doing scales Sometimes I don't go straight into an aria. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Doing some of the some of the basic scale stuff can be really really important. And I I witnessed firsthand in my ballet career that some of the the greatest dancers in Canada would occasionally come into our our lowly little level one class and mm -hmm. and take part in that because they just wanted something really basic just to be able to focus on the small movements again. So it's yeah. uh, it's for everybody. Great. What a great insight. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. Well, why don't we jump into our main discussion about beliefs? All right. And maybe it would be useful just to define some terms. What do we mean when we say belief? As mm -hmm. you said, that can mean a lot of different things. And I think we tend to believe <laughs> that our beliefs are all based in fact. But that's, of course, not necessarily the case. We yeah. believe things that aren't true all the time. As I give you uh, exhibit one, Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, you know, but there are a lot of examples of things that in previous times in history or previous times in our history, we have absolutely believed things that aren't true. And so the first thing we want to do is separate out this idea that a belief is a fact or mm -hmm. that we believe something because it's a fact. Maybe as a working definition for our conversation today, we could start with a belief is a thought that we don't question. Mm -hmm. And I would just add to that, that sometimes our thoughts can become beliefs just purely through repetition. But today we're going to apply our curiosity. You know, that's one of our fundamental principles. Uh, we're going to apply that curiosity to our beliefs about ourselves and about our behaviors specifically. I think that's a great place to start. You know, maybe we should give an example I think uh, sometimes examples are really the way to go. So a little while ago, actually, I'm going to say it was more than a little while ago. It was a few years ago. I uh, I started thinking about the the ways that I viewed sort of the, the treats in my life, <laughs> shall we say. And I've written a, a blog post about this and, and you can go and read it. We'll put a link in the in the show notes. But it was basically just examining 
if a treat is really a treat, or if we just believe it's a treat because of a multitude of reasons that we'll get into. There's a lot of a lot of uh, sources of these beliefs that aren't necessarily um, from us. But I had a belief that I couldn't go out and have a, a hamburger without also having fries, just because they go together. That's one of those things that you always have a burger and fries. And for some reason, I just kept ordering them and kept ordering them. And and one day, my partner looked across the table at my full plate of fries. The burger was gone. The fries were still there. And she said, why do you always order fries? You don't like fries. Why do you keep ordering them? And like, what do you mean I don't like fries? Everybody likes fries. What are you, crazy? And then she said, well, look at your plate. And like, and she ends up eating most of my fries. I'm sure that's wow. why, why it ended up being um, so obvious to her and so important to her that I stop ordering the fries. And that was one of those times that all of a sudden my belief of when you have a burger, you have fries. And of course, I like fries because fries are a treat. They're supposed to be something that we desire. But having it pointed out to me totally blew my mind <laughs> that I didn't have to order fries with my burger or with anything for that matter, because I actually don't like them. And that opened a whole new world for me of actually re-examining the things that I consider to be treats. And I've actually started challenging a lot of my my friends and the people that we work with in the Wayless program and family members who just seem to to choose things. And it doesn't have to be just food. I'm just using this as a as an example that sometimes taking that step back and going, you know what? I don't actually like fries is just the greatest gift you could give yourself in some ways. Yeah, well, that's a great example of the way often the things that we believe have really just come from outside of us. You know, yeah. maybe they've come from advertising. We've been trained to believe that fries are irresistible or mm -hmm. chips. You can't just have one, you know. Yeah. Um, but we get a lot of beliefs from sources outside our own minds or our own experience. We grow up, you know, adopting the beliefs of our parents or our teachers or the television shows that we watch, the movies that we see, definitely our social circles, you know, we a lot of our belief system is built from outside of ourselves. You know, I was uh, I was hanging out with my niece and nephew before all the COVID lockdown and stuff, and I could still travel. I have a, a eleven year old and a nine year old, and watching some of the shows that they watch on YouTube these days. Nobody seems to they watch their cartoons on YouTube, not on TV, not like we did. And there was one particular scene where the the heroes of the cartoon were having dinner, and they were presented with broccoli. And all of them made these horrible faces and started going, oh, man, and like falling apart, getting really upset. And then somebody presented them with pizza and they were like, yay, pizza. Right. And it just broke my heart that that's because that is where these beliefs really begin. My niece and nephew don't have any strong feelings about broccoli or pizza at this point, but they will after seeing that enough times. Sure. And I'm sure that's where my my French fry <laughs> sort of dilemma began. But but it has bigger consequences as well. It's not just broccoli and pizza and, and French fries. These beliefs can can extend to all kinds of things that will stick with us for the rest of our lives. Right. We, we come to believe things about who we are and what is possible for us and what we're able to do. Uh, they can be, you know, a big category of those beliefs are those self-limiting beliefs. And sometimes they're actually 
is sort of invisible to us. We don't even realize that we believe them or that we think them. We certainly don't question them because they're kind of operating underneath the surface. So I think one of the first parts of this work is to start paying attention to what we believe. And sometimes the way we act can give us a clue about what we believe, but then that gives us an entree to to take a closer look at those beliefs that are driving our actions and and question them. Are the things that you believe to be true, are they actually true? So often they're kind of distortions of reality. So you may believe that every time you start a new relationship, you end up sabotaging it by getting too clingy or, or, or whatever it is. Or you may believe that your partner never does the dishes, never <laughs> puts the dishes in the dishwasher. And, you know, anytime we start using words like always and never, those kind of absolutes, it is a sort of a red flag that that we have, there's, there's some thought distortion going on. Yeah. And I think this is where, if you go back to our episode about curiosity, this is where the curiosity really comes in and collecting the evidence. Let's say you're I like Monica's example about the the dishwasher because I think, does everybody feel the same way about their partner? (laughs) Just either they (laughs) don't put the stuff in the dishwasher or the way they put it in is so insane. (laughs) Dishwashers, that's fraught territory for for all couples. Yeah, it's very interesting. But for me, in terms of the the dishwasher in particular, and this is probably why I like this uh, this example so much, is for the longest time I kept I would open the dishwasher and be like, "What kind of lunatic packed the dishwasher this way?" <laughs> and I actually said that a couple of times to to my partner, and and she said, well, "I didn't put it in like that." I'm like, "Well, clearly somebody did," and there's only two of us here. And then I actually realized a little while later that. I guess I had never opened the dishwasher after like closing it all the way, like immediately just opened it up again. And I opened it up again and all the forks had been knocked over. So all of a sudden, the evidence that I collected by actually questioning that belief or accidentally questioning that belief was, oh, it's not her. The dishwasher actually doesn't fit those forks in that particular spot properly. And they get knocked over into what would appear to be a lunatic style of packing the dishwasher. Okay, Brock, I have to ask you what everybody is thinking right now. Did your partner get an apology? Absolutely. Oh, okay, yes. all right, just I, checking. I First, I think I, I burst out laughing and then had to explain why I was in hysterics. It's like, yes, absolutely apologized. And it's become a household joke now of like, what lunatic put these forks in like this is the, is the refrain to remind me of my folly. But the point is, is that if I had actually taken the moment, I I didn't, it was just an accident that I found this out. But by collecting that evidence that I believed to be true, that it was somebody else's fault that the dishwasher was getting packed poorly, actually questioning that belief, taking the, taking the time to actually see that something else was at play totally changed my the way that I I behaved and the way that I, uh, I guess, maybe was influencing my relationship. Sure. Which could be really substantial over time. Sure. Yes. I can imagine it would just kind of set a whole new emotional tone yeah, around that. It always starts with toothpaste or, or yeah, dishwasher dishwashers. or something like yeah. that. So when we can notice those beliefs, we talked 
in our last episode about the attention, intention, action cycle. And this is where the attention and the curiosity comes in to notice what are those thoughts running through our head and, and to check them for truthfulness, you know, or for distortion and just make sure that the beliefs that are driving our feelings and our actions and ultimately our results are actually true. And, you know, there may be, is there another thing that could also be true that you could believe without, you know, telling yourself something that's clearly not true. We're not suggesting that you just bullshit yourself here, Yeah. but is there another more helpful or a more, or at least a plausible version of that belief that would, that would, could move you towards a different result? It's always worth asking. Yeah. Well, and let's stay with my lunatic dishwasher packing. If it had actually turned out that she was packing it that way, if my belief was that it was actually intentional and was to to drive me crazy, which I think a lot of a lot of us do believe in some ways, we put put it on to the other person that they're just doing this to me. If I had if it had been proven that she was actually doing that, there's still a challenging there's still a way to challenge that belief to arrive at a point where my belief isn't actually making me angry or putting blame onto onto her because really in the end it's just a dishwasher right and it could be viewed as a passive aggressive way to get under my skin but more likely it's just a lack of attention or who cares it's easy enough to fix or maybe she you know grew up believing that dishwashers actually clean the dishes without you having to micromanage the sure yeah you know? <laughs> and if it comes out a little dirty who cares you just wipe it off it's <laughs> right. not a big deal and it's not absolutely but that belief if i had extended that belief to you were doing this to me to make me mad or to occupy my time or something like that that can be very a very damaging belief to to continue to carry on so even if that had been the case, questioning my belief, looking at whether or not this is valid, whether or not this is actually helpful yes. in any way, or if it's actually harmful that I'm seeding this upsetness within myself, because it's not having any effect in anybody else. It's really just inside me. Mm-hmm. Tearing myself up about something as mundane as a as a dishwasher really doesn't deserve that kind of energy. So questioning that belief was important too. But let me throw just another twist in here. Let's say that you uncover a belief that you can see is making you unhappy or it's not helping you move towards your goal or it's actually actively in your way. But when you examine it, you you convince yourself, nope, that really is true. My partner never loads the dishwasher. Well, in that case, I want to ask you this. Do you believe this thing because it is true or is it possible that it is true because you believe it. Hmm. So does your partner never put the dishes in the dishwasher because you, because you believe that they never will, just immediately put them in the dishwasher before they even have a chance? And in that way, you make that true, that your partner never puts the dishes in the dishwasher. And just public service announcement, my partner always puts the dishes in the dishwasher. So just want to be clear on that. But can you see how you could actually prove it true you could actually make it true because you believe it. Yeah. And I think we do that to ourselves. Yes. We prove our own beliefs about our own behaviors true by doing that same thing as well, by sabotaging whatever effort we're actually doing because, well, I always get injured when I start a new workout program. Well, 
you know what, if you repeat that enough, you mm-hmm. will continue to do so. And there, there's another option here. You can actually flip this script. Instead of taking the actions that prove your beliefs true, you could try taking a different action and let that inform what you believe might be possible. Mm-hmm. You can actually start to develop a new belief based on your actions instead of taking actions in order to fulfill your beliefs. And I think this actually ties really nicely with, uh, we did an episode recently about failure and being able to learn from that failure and how we can collect the evidence from that failure. So if you're able to take a step back from this belief, challenge yourself to come up with a different hypothesis, or if you're able to flip that script and look at it from a different way, including analyzing where those failures in the past or where those where those circumstances have actually changed in the past you can then make a path forward by not only flipping the script on that belief but also prescribing a way that it could have a different outcome so let's say like the workout example that i i said like every time i start a a new workout program i end up injured flip that script and say in the past I have had a problem with getting injured when I start a new workout program, but I have a new plan going forward that should ensure that I don't. And maybe it's you look back at your past failures and think, well, okay, I did try to go from not running at all to running 10 kilometers all at once. That was probably too much. I can learn from that. And by changing the belief and also learning from that failure, I can create a plan that is maybe not foolproof, but is a lot more likely to succeed than just clinging to that old belief of, well, I'm going to get injured at some point because I started a new workout program. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the evidence and the the beliefs, it's a two-way causal arrow. Yeah. So in that way, you're actually letting your actions inform what you believe or what is possible because you're, you're collecting the evidence. You're not just relying on something you learned from from your past or something that somebody impressed on you in the in your childhood or that a tv show told you or a doctor or somebody else sort of pushed into your life and and you there are certain people in our lives that we take their word as as gospel and i think especially as we get older we start to realize that well now that i'm considerably older than my parents were when they had me I can see where they were doing their absolute best, but they certainly were not experts in every category. And I don't need to keep falling back on, well, I was always, I was raised to believe. Well, I may have been raised to believe that, but maybe I took it out of context. Maybe they were just misguided. Maybe it was a, maybe it's a, an antiquated idea as well. There's a lot of those that are coming to light, especially these days. Sure. And, you know, when you think about it, just continually taking actions that prove our beliefs true, it's the antithesis of change. It is just stasis. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what we're suggesting is that one way to pursue positive change is to take a look at some of those beliefs. See if you can peel back the little bit, a lid a little bit and see what beliefs are actually driving your actions and results and see if there's any wiggle room there. Yeah. And by no means are we saying that everything that you believe needs to be put through this process and challenged and dissected and stuff. Just the ones that you feel like are getting in your way or maybe causing some 
some difficulties, maybe holding you back from reaching your goals, all of that kind of stuff. Like you don't need to spend the rest of your life just <laughs> constantly challenging every belief that you hold, just the ones that are perhaps like becoming stumbling blocks for you or, or barriers to your to becoming your your better self. So are we ready to lay down the takeaways? Yeah, let's bring it to bring it home. Okay. So I think number one is to take a deep look at a belief that may not be serving you and see if you can find the root of that or the genesis of that belief. And make sure that not only is it your belief and not someone else's, but that it's actually still valid and still helpful and still valuable to you. And number two is to apply this in situations where you <laughs> start to feel like a broken record when you're reacting to the same uncomfortable situation in the same uncomfortable way and not really finding a different way to to view it or, or get past it. And number three is to give yourself some time to troubleshoot it. Are you able to flip that script on a belief to allow you to make a different choice or to have a different reaction or a different outcome? And you know what? This may take a few tries, so don't give up after just one version. You, we very rarely nail this stuff on the first iteration, so don't give up. So this is just a perfect topic to do a lab experiment on. So here is the lab experiment for taking a closer look at your beliefs. Okay, this is a good one. I like this one. Take something that you would like to change, a change that you are working on. Get down a piece of paper or uh, you know, your journal or something and take a few minutes to write down all of your thoughts and your beliefs about that thing and about your relationship to the change. Write for five or 10 minutes, fill up a page, and then put it away. And now this next part is really important. Put that away and then go do something that makes you feel good about yourself. This is something we call priming. So you can eat a healthy breakfast or maybe take a walk or spend some quality time with your golden retriever, your goldfish, or you know, read something worthwhile, something that really makes you feel good and strong. Quality time with your goldfish? Yeah. Goldfish I guess that can be, be relaxing. To be pet. <laughs> okay, so, so you've written down all your thoughts. You put them away. You go out and do something that makes you feel good. Now, I want you to go back to those notes and read them again, only this time read them as if a good friend of yours had written them down about themselves. So get try to get a little objectivity here. And then just go ahead and circle any statements that you've written down that on second thought or with that greater perspective, you can see are definitely or even just possibly untrue. I bet you're going to find a few things that felt completely true when you wrote them down the first time. But when you go back and read them with a little bit more distance, you're going to be like, oh, I'm, that might not be true. <laughs> <laughs> and see if you can write down a, a more accurate, a truer, or just an alternative version or a more useful version of those statements that you've circled doesn't have to be the complete opposite. Maybe you can even just move it one, one or two degrees in a more helpful direction. And then once you've got those new statements, those new more useful versions of those beliefs that you are prepared to test out, I want you to collect three pieces of evidence to support that new thought or that new belief. So that's a big one. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a big experiment, but it's really fun to do this. It can be so eye-opening to, to actually see what some of those beliefs are and to realize that some of them are optional. Some of them 
maybe it's time to to put down or to choose something else instead. So I'm really excited to hear what you all do with this week's lab experiment. I think the the point that you made about just changing it like one or two percent, like it doesn't have to be complete 180. Just changing mm-hmm. a little bit is is really can be really handy. I mean, even with my French fry experiment, even though it seemed really obvious in the moment that I don't actually like French fries. It's not like I never ate French fries again. Right after that, I was I sort of tested the waters a few times. So okay, we're out for burgers. Can I order a salad? Can I get the the cauliflower? <laughs> Have you had the deep fried cauliflower that uh, a lot of places are making these days? They're almost like buffalo wings, but they're cauliflower. Oh yes, I have and had sort of, that. Yeah, I know they're not necessarily any healthier than <laughs> French fries, but it was just something else to to give a try. But just testing the waters and, like you said, collecting some evidence really did reinforce that belief to the point that I could start to be like, yeah absolutely i don't need french fries but yeah trying to do it all at once as you've probably heard us say many times during this uh during this podcast if you've been listening to other episodes making the huge changes all at once are often not the way to go it's hard to make those sustainable it's hard to make those stick so yeah i think that's a, a great point yeah and when we're working on um changing or reshaping our beliefs we don't want to just invert them into the complete opposite because we're not going to trick ourselves that yes, way. like you said you can't bullshit yourself it doesn't right work. right try to just make us make small adjustment yes so some other small adjustments you can make <laughs> is to make sure you join the change academy and to do that Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, whatever app you're listening to this in right now, hit the subscribe button or the plus or the heart or whatever it happens to be in this app that you're using. And you can sign up for our newsletter at changeacademypodcast.com. There's a couple of spots on the website where you can do that right on the first page. You can connect with us on social media, which is always fun. And we uh, we put up some little bonus videos that we record after we do these episodes occasionally and some other fun conversation going on. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we are at Change ACPOD. That's Change Ac Academy Pod Podcast. And also make sure you drop us a note, like Monica said, like let us know what you're working on and, and give us an update on any of these beliefs that you've you've had. Maybe there's some fun ones involving a dishwasher that you want to share. <laughs> or French, or French fries. fries. <laughs> we seem to spend a lot of time on those two topics today, but I hope you can see how this applies in other parts of your life. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll see you soon. All right. You are dismissed. Don't forget your lab experiment. This has been the Change Academy. <laughs>